0: Welcome to our visitors who are here with us this morning. I'm kind of a visitor too here today. Uh, My name is uh, Sam Rodabaugh. I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Manchester. that's the St. Louis area of Missouri. Some of you probably know my dad, Professor Dave Rodabaugh. I bring greetings to you from Manchester, Missouri, from the members there at Faith. I also bring to you this morning God's Word, just one verse for us this morning. Uh, Ruth chapter 1, we'll be reading only verse 20. Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. It's not fair. Why are you doing this to me? What did I do? Words of anger, confusion, perhaps despair. Words which we might be thinking when, from our limited point of view, we just, quite don't, we just don't quite know why things are turning out the way they are. We just can't understand why it's happening to us. Words that Naomi might have been feeling when we come to her in our text. After all, she says, do not call me Naomi. She's talking to her friends. Naomi is how they've known her. But Naomi is also the Hebrew word, or comes from the Hebrew word for pleasant. Call me Mara, she said, which is the Hebrew word for bitter. It would be better if everyone would just call her bitter from now on, because that is what she was, because the Lord had done a lot of painful things in her life, and it just wasn't fair. Now, you might know a thing or two about why Naomi was so bitter, some of the details surrounding her life. Now, at one point, she had the picture-perfect Hebrew family married to a a wonderful, loving husband. She was raising with her husband two handsome, strapping, growing young lads. They were living there in their family town, Bethlehem, amongst all their family and friends. They just had one problem. They didn't have any food. There had been a severe famine in the entire region for quite some time, so nothing was growing, and suddenly they weren't going to be able to get by anymore. So they decided, they made the difficult decision to leave their familial lands and go to the distant country of Moab, an unfamiliar region filled with unfamiliar people who worshiped unfamiliar idols. And they went. And it didn't matter because the Lord was still with them, the Lord was still blessing them and taking care of them. And when they got to Moab, the Lord continued to care for them, they made a living for themselves. They found jobs. They had enough food to get by. Hey, those two young, handsome boys, they even grew up into handsome men. And they found wives for themselves amongst the Moabites. Everything was good. Until it wasn't. Because soon after, her husband, Naomi's husband, he died. A few years later, both of those handsome boys, newlyweds, both of them died. And suddenly, Naomi found herself all alone in a foreign country without any of her family, without any of her friends. We know she wasn't totally alone. You probably know she still had her two daughters-in-law that were with her. You might also know that once Naomi announced to her daughters-in-law that she was going to go back to her town of Bethlehem, you guys can say here, I'm going to go home because I don't have anything for me here in Moab, that one of those daughters-in-law, even though she was under no obligation to do so, she said she would go with her. That was Ruth. You probably also remember what Ruth said to her. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Beautiful words. A beautiful promise. Even still, this is just a small consolation for Naomi. She had lost everything that she held dear. Lost everyone that she loved. And at this moment, the only thing that she could see was pain. the only thing that she could think about was her great loss. She had a very limited perspective of everything that was going on in her life. And in her inside view of her life, she had determined that the Lord had gone out against her. And I'm sure she thought it wasn't very fair. You probably know also that even in Naomi's limited inside view of her life, things did get better. You know the rest of the story. Ruth remained faithful to her promise. Ruth went back with Naomi to Bethlehem. Ruth started providing for Naomi there. Then she met Boaz, and then she later married Boaz. And then Boaz and Ruth, they had children who became Naomi's grandchildren for Naomi to care for and to look after and to love on. Even still, while the inside view of her life was improving, she still was without love her beloved husband she still was without her children she would never get to see her son's children at all every day when she woke up and every night when she went to bed I'm certain that the first thing on her mind and the last thing on her mind was the same thing it was the people that she had lost and so I'm sure she still questioned why God it just doesn't make any sense And that's because from our inside point of view, things don't always make sense. You don't always know. You can't always understand why things are happening the way that they are. And that might be a point of view with which you can identify. Perhaps through your own personal, painful experiences. Because the truth is, our daily stories don't always have happy endings, do they? And we're plagued. By the effects of sin, which means that sickness is very real in our lives. It also means that the abrupt death of loved ones is a very real reality for us. And these things, these things in particular, are extremely painful for us. And we might sometimes wonder, why, if God in heaven loves me, why would he allow this to happen to me? Why, God, why is this happening to me? Well, When your inside view of your life is painful, when you can relate to how Naomi was feeling and when we find her here in our text, you have to remember, it's not the only point of view. Not in this text, not in my life, not in any of yours. No, there is another perspective. There is an outside view for all of us. And we begin to see that in our text, we begin to see the reasons for everything that happened in Naomi's life as we continue on in the book and get towards the end. You see, Naomi did not write this book. Ruth didn't write this book either. It was written by an outsider who was blessed with seeing the larger picture. He was blessed with being able to see a greater perspective of the meaning of Naomi's life. This outsider knew more about Naomi's life, and especially more about what happened after Naomi had died than Naomi ever came to realize. And then he shares with us another perspective, that outside view. If you go on through the book of Ruth to the very end of the book, the author tells us how Ruth gave birth to a son. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And then a few verses later, the author repeats himself. Obed fathered Jesse. Jesse, Father, David. And this is God's way of making sure that we do not miss the importance of Naomi's life or of Ruth's life, so that we do not misunderstand why everything happened in their lives the way that they did. If we only took the narrow inside view and only considered Naomi's perspective, then we'd be asking, why? What was the point of all of that? God, why would you allow all that to happen to her? And so God reveals to us His outside view, to show us what His plans were all along in bringing Naomi and her family to Moab, and bringing Ruth into their lives, in Ruth's husband dying, and Ruth sticking with Naomi and returning to Bethlehem, and Ruth then meeting Boaz and marrying Boaz. It was so that Ruth would give birth to Obed, who would father Jesse, who would father David. And you know who David is. He would go on to become the great king of Israel. And of course, you know even more about David's life. And you have the bigger perspective, that outside view of David's life, that even he didn't come to know himself. You know that from him, one would be born who would be called the son of the highest, who would be given the throne of his father David. That would be Jesus. Jesus, God himself, as God, the one who holds the outside view, not just for Naomi and Ruth but for all of us. With that large perspective, working everything for our eternal good, delivering things for our eternal welfare. And there God was with the outside view and he also subjected himself to our inside view. He put himself in the shoes of our limited perspective and faced pain and suffering and loss. He faced it himself. And he did not minimize it. And he did not stop any of it. And he did not run away from any of it, even though he could have. And he also does not promise to take away all of our pain and suffering either. Not in this life anyways. But he does promise a conclusion to our bitterness. He took your sin. He nailed it to the cross. He experienced in the full the pains of death so that he might dismantle it. So that he might destroy its lasting power over you. And even though sin and death and pain and suffering and loss remain in our lives, we know that they cannot ultimately defeat us. Not when Jesus has already won. And that's great. Isn't that great? That is great news. But... Sure would be nice if we knew exactly why things turn out the way they do in our lives. You know, it's, it's easy to read about Naomi's life and Ruth's life or anyone else in, In the Bible, for that matter, it's easy to read about their lives and see all the pains and the different things that they were going through, but then you also read on and you see what God was doing through it all. You can see that bigger perspective. It's easy to see God's outside view, His overarching plan, when it's all written down in the Bible for us to look at later. Wouldn't it be great, though, if we had a book like that about our lives, You know, as we struggle through with our our limited perspective, wouldn't it be great if we could read about God's outside view and see how God was working in every single painful moment of our life in order to bring it to our eternal good? Wouldn't it be great if we had that? If we had a book like that where we could just read and see what what God was doing, then it might be easier to live through the pain and to endure it for a while. We have that book. Don't we? It's the same book. The same book about Naomi and Ruth. It's been written about you too. For instance, God tells us that regardless of what is going on in our lives, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, despite what our eyes might tell us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not tribulation or famine or peril or sword. This is God's outside view of your life. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, nothing at all will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, your Lord. This is Jesus' larger perspective of your life, which he puts in his own words. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And this is what God has already written about your life. Even in times of trouble and sorrow and pain and loss, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Yes, God has given us the ability to see from two different perspectives at the same time. And so being a Christian does not mean that everything's always going to be just grand. It does not mean that your life is just going to be filled with all those things that make you happy and joyful all the time. Being a Christian is not pretending that bad things don't happen in your life. Being a Christian is not pretending that you're okay when really you know deep down you're not. No Faith can see the pain of our inside view while also keeping in mind God's outside view his greater perspective and trusting that God's view is set on eternal life for you and he's working even through your pain to bring it about to bring it about so dear friends in Christ when your inside view of your life is fearful and strong may God give you hearts that are stronger still to cling to him to cling to what will always be true the cross of Jesus Christ And that it is his great joy to forgive you your sins. And that he rejoices to welcome you to heaven. He's given you his word on this. He's already written it down about you and about your life. And he who promises is faithful. So if you're struggling, or if you know someone, someone close to you that's struggling, may you each be led together to cling to the promises that no matter what happens next, No matter what comes. God in Christ is working in you. God in Christ is working for you. Thanks be to God, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll close with our hymn 413, verses 2 and 5. 413, 2 and 5.